Welcome to National Transport Podcast, episode 14. My name is Alex, and in this week's episode, we'll be talking about the Open Transport Initiative launching. Delaying buses are born, commenting about the collapse of right bus. How first Eastern Counties expansion will create new jobs. And of course, the end of your bus. And as always, we'll have Kieran with Aviation News. And as always, you can join us on Twitter at Podcast National, Facebook National Transport Podcast. If you want to email a show, you can send us an email at nationaltransportpodcast at gmail.com or you can visit the website bit.ly forward slash NATTP or if you want to spend spare five minutes, you can fill out the survey at bit.ly forward slash NTP Q&A or if you're really generous, you can donate to our Patreon, bit.ly forward slash Patreon bus. So, let's get on with the show. Open Transport Initiatives launches new standard for transport and mobility interoperability. Open Transport aims to do for the transport sector what Open Banking has done for the financial services sector. On International Standards Day, 14th of October, we'll see the launch of a new standard in the transport and mobility sector, the publication of a draft open standard for transport account interoperability by the Open Transport Initiative, a team of transport and technology specialists who saw the need for transport accounts to work together. Since early 2018, the financial services market across Europe has been adopting the open banking, an approach that allows secure interoperability of personal accounts between banks, which puts the customer more in control of their finances. This new transport account standard has been created to achieve for the transport what open banking has achieved for the financial services. It facilitates peer-to-peer transport account data, sharing and interoperability allowing the customer to view all their transportation, mobility and associated data in one place. No searching across various apps and websites to join up journey, ticket and discount data. This collaborative account and data standardization will produce the best experience for the travelling customer. The initiative was started earlier in 2019 by Ideal Interface, a strategic and digital consultancy based in Glasgow, Scotland. It has since been steadily gathering interest by mobility, industry vendors, public transport authorities and operators around the UK and Europe. Plus, has had wider input from rail, ferry, subway, bus, parking and taxi organisations, as well as academia. It is now ready for review and input by all transportation practitioners and observers. Hayden Sutherland from Ideal Interface put, This is the right time to put a draft standard out to review for... For us, this is the next step in getting the open transport accepted as a ratified standard. This is an enabler for true mobility as a service, mass, schemes. If you're interested in reading more or taking part in the review, contact the Open Standard Initiative at https opentransportation.co.uk. And as a side note, they'll be joining us on the podcast in about two weeks' time, so we can talk to them then. Looking forward to having you on. On to other news, delaying buses of Bourne say the collapse of right bus will hit bus replacements. Bourne-based delaying buses says the collapse of right bus in Northern Ireland will mean that it will take longer for them to and other operators to find replacement suppliers of new buses. Managing director Anthony Delane Smith says half of its fleet are right bus, and this will mean the company will have to review who it buys its buses from. While other suppliers of bus chassis exist, the fact that there are now 
remains just one manufacturer of bus chassis in the United Kingdom means other bus operators will be wanting to use that company too, leading in delays in replacing stock. However, there remains a much greater choice of mechanical spare parts, so that side of the operation will be unaffected. Anthony added, it's a very sad, coming from at a time the industry is going for a revolution, and we are down to just one manufacturer, and at the turn of the century we had six. And in the next article, scores of jobs could be created as bus company bids to expand depot. One of the region's bus providers has revealed plans to expand its depot, which could pave the way for new jobs and increased investment in Norfolk travel. First Eastern Counties, which is two depots in the city area, has lodged a bid with Norfolk City Council to increase the size of its base in Vulcan Road in a scheme that would increase its capacity by 20 buses. And buses at the provider, which run a large proportion of the services in the county, say it may see around 70 new jobs created if the plans are to go ahead. The move would see the site swallow the former home of electrician company, the Dodd Group, which relocated to Kirby Bedden towards the end of 2018. Should the plans be approved, it would see former office buildings on the site be demolished, allowing the bus depot to expand to the vacant land once the demolition has been carried out. The project would mean first will be able to store up to 55 buses on the site, in total compared to the 35 it currently has space for. Chris Speed, head of operations for Eastern County, said the expansion has been planned due to the current depot reaching this point where they can, were unable to accommodate any more buses. He said, we have submitted an application to increase our Vulcan Road site to accommodate an additional 20 buses due to our other sites running at capacity. Over the last 18 months, we have experienced continued business growth through investment and new technologies, vehicles and extensions to our bus network. If the application is successful, there will be further associated benefits with up to 70 additional jobs being generated in the area, and a further enhancements to the North Norwich bus network across the city and county. The bus company currently operates two depots in Norwich, on Vulcan Road and Roundtree Way, with two others serving a region in Greater Yarmouth and Lowestoft. It's not understood that any other depot will be affected by the Vulcan Road expansion. Norwich City Council will consider the application in due course. And of course, finally, your bus ceasing trading. The Hanoi-based Yourbus has gone into administration, leaving many passengers without of service from Friday the 4th of October. Derbyshire-based Yourbus announced that it ceased trading on the morning of Friday the 4th of October. The company and operated bus services in and around Derbyshire, as well as coach unit that offered day tours. A short posting on the company's social media page said, We regret to inform our passengers, unfortunately, your bus has ceased trading on the 4th, 10th, 19th. We would like to thank all our customers for their support and custom over the years. By Monday the 7th of October, that Facebook post had received 703 comments and more than 1.2 thousand share times. Trent Barton and Arriver Derby, who both operate in the same area, posted on social media that they would be accepting your bus tickets and passes on Friday the 4th of October. Arriver Derby also offered your bus customers a ticket exchange between the 5th and 8th of October, which allows former your bus passengers to swap their Genie travel cards, weekly or monthly passes, for a voucher that allows one week's unlimited travel on Arriva Derby services. Now, I have a list of who and what are replacing what and who. So, replacements starting on the 7th of October will be 
In the 11, Derby West Hallam to Ilkston, Monday to Saturday evening, will now be operated by Littles. The 11, Derby to West Hallam via Eccleston, Sunday and Bank Holidays, change of service number to 12 and will be operated by Hullies from Sunday the 13th of October. The 14, Eccleston to Stanton by Dale, Sandacre to be operated by CT4N. The 29, Long Eaton to New Sally to be operated by CT4N. The 113, Ashbourne to Turnditch to be operated by High Peak. The 114, Derby, Holland, Warren, Ashbourne to be operated by High Peak. The 147, Codnor, Ripley, Denby, Street Lane to be operated by TM Travel. The 148, Condor, Ripley, Affleton to be operated by Stagecoach East Midlands, Mansfield Depot. The 151, Alfton, Outseats and Pease Hill Estates to be operated by Stagecoach East, Lid East Midlands, Mansfield Depot. The 216, Matlock, Stark Homes, Cromford and Bonzel to be operated by Stagecoach Yorkshire, Chesterfield Depot. 217, Matlock, Rosley, Chatsworth to be operated by Stagecoach Yorkshire, Chesterfield Depot. The 319, Upper Hartsey, Ridgeway, Swanwick High School to be operated by TM Travel. The 110 and the 111, Ashbourne to Wixworth, Matlock will be operated by Hullies. The 137-1P8-Belper-Holbrook-Moor-Kilburn-Henor-Langley will be operated by TN Travel. The 152-153-Alfton-Sleepmore-Lane-Summercrotts-Lower-Birchwood to be operated by Stagecoach East Midlands-Mansfield-Depot. The 169-470-Elton-Winster-Highfield-School-School services will be operated by Stagecoach Yorkshire-Chesterfield-Depot. The Y1, Derby, Smalley, Henor will be already covered by Trench Spartans H1. The YFE, Derby, Spondon, Kirk Halman, Ilkston and Cotmahay already covered by Trent Barton's Ilkston Flyer. The Y5, Derby, Long Eaton, Beeston, Nottingham is already covered by Trent Spartans Indigo. And finally, the Y59, Smalley, Staten Common, Ilkston, Shippy View, change of service number to 59 to be operated by Knotts and Derby. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode. So, as always, join us on Twitter, Podcast National, Facebook, National Transport Podcast. You can email the show at nationaltransportpodcast at gmail.com or you can visit the website at bit.ly forward slash NATTP. If you can spare five minutes, you can fill out a survey about the show and help us improve it at bit.ly forward slash ntpqa. Or you can donate to our Patreon if you're feeling generous at bit.ly forward slash Patreon Plus. And I'll hand you over now to Kieran with all the news and latest in the aviation industry. See you next week. Well, a whole week's gone by, a hell of a lot's happened in aviation, so it's time to recap what's been going on in aviation over the last seven days. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in again. My name's Kieran, as you know, and um, and uh, welcome to another episode of the aviation segment of uh, the National Transportation Podcast. So, what's been happening this week? Well, actually quite a lot. Uh, so the first thing I want to do is say a very happy birthday to KLM. Um, 
And they're now marking their uh, 100th anniversary as the world's oldest airline that has operated with the original name. So that being um, that KLM is the name that they started with uh, 100 years ago. Um, You will know that uh, BA has also turned 100, but they've obviously been through various name iterations. So uh, they were a few airlines before, then they became BOAC, and then they became BA as we know them today. Uh, Whereas KLM's been operating for 100 years with the same name KLM. Uh, so very ha- very happy birthday to them. Um, here's to the next hundred years through uh, above the clouds and throughout the sky. Um, there has been uh, quite a lot of celebration going on in Amsterdam and at Amsterdam Schiphol Airport this week. Um, so uh, yeah, f- unfortunately I wasn't able to go. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully everyone that uh, did go, uh, if you are, if any of you are listening to the podcast that, that went, uh, please do let me know. How uh, how things went and what went on. Um, also, um, on the de- on the actual day that they turned 100, um, they were marking the moment by giving a gift, um, an iconic Dutch house made from felt from recycled KLM ladies' uniforms, um, as a memento to every passenger on every KLM flight uh, on the on the day of their birthday earlier this week. So uh, once again, very happy birthday to them. So then moving on uh, to uh, the next thing. Um, So obviously, as we know, the 737 MAX grounding has been going on uh, worldwide. uh, Sorry, uh, yeah, worldwide, sorry, yes, for uh, quite some time now. uh, Grounded since March the 13th this year. Um... So this week, uh, in relation to that, Iceland Air, um, who operate quite a few 737 MAX jets, have said that they are going to be relocating their aircraft uh, to the south of France for storage this winter, uh, just to do with the uh, warmer winter climate in the south of France, um, which will protect them from the harsh harsh winter weather uh, in Iceland. Um, The slightly ironic part of this is that the airport that they are going to be ferried to for storage in the south of France is Toulouse, which is uh, where Airbus are based, um, which is where the big Airbus factory is and uh, the main base airport of Airbus, who obviously are the uh, arch-rival of Boeing. Uh, Oh, the irony indeed there. Um, So, yes, so that's that again. Um, Again, quite ironic, quite funny, actually, (laughs) to be fair. Or at least I find it funny anyway. Okay, now next, uh, moving on to some slightly sadder news, actually. Uh, Unfortunately, everyone, uh, in a particularly unfortunate uh, week for Russian aviation this week, um, with um, an Antonov AN-12 operated by the Russian Air Force um, having to conduct a belly landing um, this week at El Katrinsberg Klotzvuk. Klotsovo Airport in Russia. Um, a, belly, a belly landing or a gear up landing basically means that for whatever reason the landing gears weren't able to be deployed and the aircraft had to land on its belly uh, without its landing gear. Okay, so now um, unfortunately moving on to slightly sadder news in the world of aviation. 
Um, a Russian Air Force operated Antonov AN-12 Russian built aircraft this year. Um, registration RF95428 built in 1968, all the way back in 1968. Uh, made a gear up belly landing or was forced to make a gear up belly landing at uh, a, a Cateringsburg Klotsvo Airport this week in Russia. Uh, due to, for whatever reason, the landing gear not deploying or not deploying properly. The details are still sketchy on this, um, so I don't think it's quite known yet why, uh, what, 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 quite, le- what events quite led up to this belly forced belly landing. Um, obviously, the gear didn't deploy, and belly landing is uh, basically where the air- aircraft has to land on its belly without have the fuse or the bottom of the fuse fuselage without any landing gear for for one reason or another um so that's that unfortunately um apparently there was a small fire that broke out uh in the aircraft um due to potentially friction on the air on the uh aircraft surface um uh which was quickly extinguished by the airport's fire service after it came to rest on the runway uh, however, on a slightly thankful note, uh, no one was injured in the incident. So, um, and also, uh, while we're on, um, while we're on the subject of aviation, and what has been a fairly disastrous or unfortunate week for Russian aviation, another uh, Antonov AN-74 uh, this time uh, also was forced to make a belly landing. Uh, this week on runway 5 uh, Mogadishu airport in Somalia after the landing gear failed to deploy. Um, the only information that we've got so far is that the landing gear did fail to deploy. There is no indication of why it failed to deploy at this point. Um, so I'm sure, however, the ensuing um, or the upcoming uh, aircraft um, investigate or accident in uh, aviation accident investigation will uh, will come to will come to a conclusion of that, which I will update you with when that comes out. However, uh, as with all aircraft investigations, uh, they may do take a while, so don't expect that anytime soon. It's probably going to be next year uh, before we hear why that has happened. Okay, so moving on to next. Um, the halfway through now, so also moving on uh, to route news, to new route news. British Airways this week have announced a new route uh, from London Gatwick to Antalya in uh, Turkey. Um, the um, service will operate initially six times a week, and it will begin on the April on the thirtieth of April next year. Um, also, uh, this is to directly um, compete. With Turkish Airlines, who already fly from Gatwick to Antalya in Turkey. Um, onto, uh, now on to a follow-up of something that I mentioned last week, actually. Um, I mentioned that there is an airworthiness directive uh, issued by the FAA last week on um, Boeing 737 Next Generation planes being the Boeing 737-700 Boeing for 737-800 and 737-900. And this was due to uh, premature cracking in um, in a critical part of the plane known as the pickle forks, which are the uh, piece that sits underneath the fuselage, in the bottom of the fuselage, that, keeps, that attaches the wing 
uh, to the fuselage. There's two, one each side. Um, so um, apparently, Southwest Airlines have confirmed that uh, they finished their assessment, and in finishing their assessment of all their fleet, um, as I said last week, they were they were under an aviation uh, directive, uh, an airworthiness directive by the FAA in America, which means that every single one of their planes. Uh, in the 737 Next Generation family, or in fact any airline in the US that flies the 737 um, Next Generation, um, all of their aircraft are grounded until they have to be inspected. So uh, Southwest Airlines confirmed uh, on the 9th of October this week uh, that two of its jets um, as a... As a um, as a um, as a consequence of its um, testing and uh, examinations, have been found to have uh, critical equipment. Uh, have been um, cracks. Uh, have been confirmed now by Southwest Airlines to have cracks in the pickle forks of two of its jets uh, in the 737 Next Generation series. Uh, moving on, uh, moving on again, ladies and gentlemen, to I think the last item of news this week, actually. Yes. Um, so unfortunately, another, another, um, another accident, unfortunately, or another incident, actually. Sorry, um, no one was injured in this, uh, and all 90 passengers and crew escaped unharmed. So it's actually classed as an incident as opposed to an accident. Um, uncontained engine engine failure again. Um, I mentioned last week, I think, that a United Airlines flight um, flying in the US had um, uh, something wrong with its um, its engine, where part of the part of the skin of the engine cowling, which is the uh, the piece of skin that sits over the end the mechanics of the engine, um, broke up broke apart or, or broke off. Uh, in a couple of, uh, in a square shape along two of the sides, uh, which then was bent upwards uh, by the airflow over the uh, piece. Well, this time, slightly different, still to do with the engines. However, this is uh, this has actually been uncontained engine failure this week. Uh, so the engine has actually basically gone wrong. Uh, has exploded technically. Um, a little bit, a little, a little piece of the, um, of the, a little piece of the skin around the side of the engine was blown off, um, and a hole was created. Um, the 767-300ER uh, extended range aircraft flown by Ethiopian Airways, uh, the Ethiopian Airlines, sorry, uh, registration ETAMG, um, was conducting flight ET908. To, uh, Bama- uh, to Bamako Airport from Dakar. Um, the airport, the aircraft, um, the uh, aircraft experienced this uncontained engine failure shortly after the takeoff from Dakar Airport. Um, uh, sorry, yes, uh, where the um, where the uh, where the uh, so uh, the, at which point the pilot. Uh, then asked to return uh, and declare an emergency and asked to return to the airport and make an emergency landing um, at uh, Dakar Airport. 
However, once again, um, all's well that ends well. Uh, all 90 passengers and crew escaped unharmed in this uh, in, in this particular incident. Um, the other thing today, um, the other thing uh, in UK aviation news this week is uh, Extinction Rebellion, uh, the group of climate protesters in the UK. Uh, who have been staging various demonstrations across different parts of the south of the UK this week, um, have started their three-day shut- attempted shutdown of London City Airport this week. Um, with not much going on, they uh, they were intending to shut the aircraft down by um, basically blocking the departures uh, gates by uh, ex- essentially staging a sit-in protest uh, and blocking the entrances and exits to the airport. Um, this was uh, this was uh, going fairly well today uh, in the first prece- the first version where I uh, in the first day of the proceedings. And when I say fairly well, basically I mean nothing um, eventful has happened so far. Um, a few protesters have ended up being dragged out of the airport by police. However, nothing too uh, serious has happened. Um, for most of the part of the day, however, that changed fairly dramatically around one o'clock this afternoon. Uh, on th- this being on the Thursday, on Thursday afternoon, uh, on the first day, on one o'clock um, in the afternoon of the first day, when a pass, when a climate protester who was, uh, I believe, it was to be an inbound, pa- they were an inbound passenger on um, a British Airways flight. And uh, from Amsterdam, uh, a BA City Flyer flight operated by an an, ER, an Embraer ERJ one ninety aircraft um, was um, actually forced to cancel its um, return flight back out to Amsterdam as a the climate protester, the member of the Extinction Rebellion, after getting off the aircraft, actually climbed up on the top of the aircraft fuselage and uh, laid down on the top of the aircraft which obviously immobilized the air, uh, aircraft for a while the flight was delayed for a while but but then subsequently cancelled um so i believe that brings us to the end of this episode this week's episode um of the podcast again not uh, unfortunately so not much happening this week and also i was trying to keep the um time of this podcast down as much as I could this week as I realised last week's did run a little long at around 24 minutes or so just as uh, just with so much happening basically last week um, um, I'm sure it'll come as a much much relief to most of my listeners that this week's uh, hasn't been that long um, due to actually on part not much happening uh, not as much happening in aviation this week um, but you know, still some, still some worthy, uh, still some worthy things of note uh, happening, uh, which again I've brought you, which again was the uh, intention of this podcast to bring you up to date on that. Um, and yeah, uh, very good. So that's uh, that's now everyone, uh, everyone, or all of you out there in podcast listening land that listens to my podcast, up to date with what's been going on in the last seven days uh, in the world of aviation. And uh, here's to the next seven days in aviation and uh, see what happens and uh, tune in next week again uh, where I'll do this all again and I will update you on what's been going on in the next seven days. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks uh, everyone from listening, everyone, f- uh, everyone out there listening 
from myself especially a huge thank you for actually tuning in to me every week and listening or uh, welcome welcome along if uh, for the ride if this is the first time you've tuned in to me uh, much appreciated and thanks for having me a lot uh, do thanks do appreciate having you along I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast this week again um, as hopefully you do every week um, once again thank you very much for listening from me and also on behalf of National Transportation Podcasts and uh, my co-host Alex as well um, and uh, look forward to he- look forward to um, streaming for look forward to podcasting for you all next week uh, until then take care and have a great week goodbye <laughs>